0: Three, two, one, and welcome to the Peak Peace Studio podcast with myself, Rich Higgins, David Lewis Charlton, and Josh Duryev. How are we doing? Hi, Tills. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're all like good.
1: You forgot, me. Tilly, you forgot yeah. to introduce Tilly today, Rich. How's, How's everyone? Uh, Very good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Monday. David, how are you? Good. We've got hi. Arla today as well. Say hi, Arla.
2: Uh, yeah. Is Darcy here? Where's Darcy? She's like, oh, shit. That's her sister, by the way. Um, Normally, as okay. soon as I say that, she's like, Barrr! where's that bitch? <laughs> but not in other places. Not in other, no. Yeah.
1: How was everyone's weekend? Rich, how was yours? All good. Yeah, very good. How was yours? Yeah, not Up to much? No, no, went around friends on Saturday and then cooked to... Good to roast in the crumble last night. Oh. Nice. The crumble. Crumble. Love it. Got loads left.
2: Nice. So as far own. as puddings go with fruit, I'll probably just about allow it.
1: Really? Oh, I love a crumble. Apple and rhubarb. I prefer. Because it's, it's a bit very tart, very tart. But um, yeah, yeah. Bramley apples. Bosh.
2: Finally, n- finally normalising. New caffeine. caffeine. I'm feeling stable again, people. Settled. Feeling stable.
1: You feel good for it? Yeah, mostly. What's the, what's the most you struggle with?
2: it? Is that just the morning? Just the initial bits. So even like now I slept well and then set my alarm just as like a teaser for the week. So if I'm not in early, I'll still set my alarm early, but then snooze. Whereas then I set my alarm and then quarter past six I was like morning I'm awake hi so I do find just everything's a bit more stable and I sleep better wake up easier but you know not in the first two weeks I'll definitely put like a warning (laughs) a warning of trying it only do it if you can spare two weeks of shite (laughs) in your life it's so a bit like and when people uh, say about
0: keto and they're like, Yeah, you just gotta stick with it. Just stick with it for a bit and then it'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be great and adapted and you'll be great.
2: have a shit year and you'll be fine. <laughs> I can say it's two weeks. Two weeks and then things normalize. And then you're into it. Yeah. Nice. Um, I can't remember the name of the cafe now, I was just telling Josh. In Petersfield, I'm just gonna call it Ionic Cafe. It's not. But it's something cafe That's and a car. it's new. <coughs> And then they scammed me for a seven pound donut. I was intrigued. Seven pounds. I was like, oh my god, it must be the biggest donut ever. Size of a plate. That's that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I'm never coming back here again because Josie's Top Trumps here. So Mm. I was like, I'll try it. So one off. Seven pound donut. Let's see how big it can be. It's not. Don't be fooled, people. It's a 40p sugared ring donut cut in half with (laughs) all the ice cream as a filler. Oh, That's wow, <sighs> scammed me. Yeah,
1: doesn't sound, doesn't sound good.
0: Is it not good?
1: No.
2: We'll go in there for our weekly meeting. Eesh, eesh. Tula. Good big breakfast, I'll give them that. I didn't have it. I'm, I'm <laughs> Looked jealous all right. of everyone else's, I saw. <laughs> Looked all right.
0: Excellent. Uh, what's on our Mythbuster radar this week?
1: Oh, the radar. Um, should a diet be sustainable? I think that's what we're talk about today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, ready for the hate comments. <laughs> yeah, get the shotgun shells <laughs> ready. Uh, yeah, so should it be sustainable or oh, can it be? And kind of the, the pros and cons between it, I guess.
2: I didn't get to do my jingle. No, you didn't, no. That's what I was thinking. Well, then, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll change it. I'll change it to like an X-factor. Peak PT Studios presents MythBuster number...
0: Rachel Adedegi.
2: What <laughs> <laughs> number we are we on? Damn it, it doesn't say it, it, just says season two. Season two, episode three. Episode three, diet sustainability. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> there you go. That's way worse. There
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's so much... Um, I don't even want to get into the like prefacing things and context of <laughs> what the word diet means and blah 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 blah. Uh, I guess like if taking it down to its absolute root of meaning and things like that, then no, a diet shouldn't be sustainable because going on a diet aim is losing weight for the most part in the diet context we're talking about. And so if it was sustainable, end point is death isn't it because you just keep losing weight and <laughs> losing weight so in that respect no, it shouldn't be sustainable that doesn't mean that it has to be unbelievably extreme at the other point of the yeah. curve um i think that's what a lot of people mean when they refer to it of like of saying oh well is that diet sustainable long term can you do it long term when most contexts you don't want to do it long term you want to do it for a period of time until goal weight is achieved or goal whatever is achieved and so no it shouldn't be sustainable but i think what most people mean is they've got going from eating or overeating to one shake a day or something like that or going on a super low restrictive and calorie restricted diet so then the sustainability element comes in is can you sustain it long enough to reach the desired end result and that's the key for it really Um, so I think the terminology of like should a diet be sustainable no probably not if it's reaching a goal um, a little bit like anything working towards anything doesn't necessarily have to be sustained over an extended period of time it's just useful for the goal that you're reaching and then you have to work out of it from there on how you get back to a maintenance effect or whatever it might be. That way.
2: Context, context, context. So, for example, say if someone wants to go on a diet for a a time-framed event, a wedding, a holiday, whatever it is, and someone decides that's what they want and they want to try and lose a bit of weight for that time frame, then depending on the time frame will depend on how extreme a calorie deficit is needed. And that's more of an objective reality versus... No, you shouldn't do it for your emotional needs. It's ideally you would start a diet long enough that you can make it sustainable and nothing is extreme. But similarly, it depends on whether you would maintain negative beliefs or a negative relationship with food if you do a diet. And again, that's context dependent. Mm. For example, I could go on a quite extreme, I don't know, two-week diet, three-week diet and then come out the other side having lost a bit of weight and have no residual effects from that diet. I would just go back to normal eating. I'd have a normal healthy relationship with food so it wouldn't be a problem for me. For someone else if they were to go on that extreme diet, come out the other end and it changed their viewpoint, belief system negatively and how their relationship was with food, then, then no, it shouldn't be. So it's more, again, context, and like Rich says, if something is sustainable forever, technically if you're on a weight loss diet, you would die. Mm. Not cool. Not mm. a cool, man.
0: <laughs> New diet plan coming 2024 from weeks peak. 12 death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me of those, um, those like, fat camp programs or whatever they used to do in America. Oh, they had Rick, Rick Waller on it. From American Idol or whatever he was on. I just remember some like drill sergeant guy shouting at him in a hat, You dead Rick? You dead (laughs) (laughs) and keep going. That's what we'll do with our diet, yeah. (laughs) You dead yet? And keep dieting. (laughs) There we go. Do
1: they still make them? Those programmes?
2: I wouldn't have thought so he's dead <laughs> <laughs> too sustainable <laughs> I think the next thing is now like my 600 pound life yeah yeah okay I think I've seen a few of them the old yeah, taking
0: the wall out of the house to get the fire in brigade the in and it's always yeah,
2: the in the winch. paper of oh, 600 pound person loses 300 pounds and now they look completely different mm. yeah yep. yeah that mm. would happen
1: yeah that yeah. for be yeah
2: and then again they talk about how they did it and guess what it's just normal boring fitness stuff <laughs> yeah. they ate well they managed their exercise they moved a bit spent enough time doing it oh cool i don't want to carry on reading this newspaper article anymore i was like i thought they had the secret hack damn it <laughs> boring yeah no i don't think they do the,
0: the camp things anymore do they same. Bring, it in yeah. Bring it Maybe back. Bring it back.
2: Maybe camp for kids. Yeah. So they still have summer camps. Like Cartman yeah. on South Park. <laughs> 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 <Yeah.
1: coughs> that was
0: a great episode. Sweet. What was our, our topic for the week? David, you read a book or something and oh, came so in with loads of... Oh, so
2: still currently listening to uh, a book called The Expectation Effect. Just say you read it, it sounds cooler. I've... Completely read it whilst meditating. (laughs) Cover to cover. (laughs) Under the trees in the forest bathing. (laughs) I was so Zen whilst I read it. Yeah, I've never even heard of an (laughs) audio book. And I found it interesting just because I'm always interested in sort of the mindset and belief system about anything and how the mind (laughs) sort of creates attachments to things. And this sort of leads on to if we talk about something later on. Um, But basically the fundamental sort of principle of the book is that your belief systems actually impact your physiology. And so it's that mind over matter portion to a limit. You know, you can't mentally turn a lettuce into a roast dinner just by thinking about it. What? But at the same time, it's like people at the extremes who do unfathomable things and feats of strength, fitness, endurance, whatever it is, and how you'll see the sort of resemblance between them all of their mindset, their belief system. They don't sort of believe in quitting. So they can really push through what technically people would say, check their energy and their physiology and say, you shouldn't have been able to do that. Mm. But they do. And then it just sort of goes through system by system, how different belief systems and your expectation about something actually impacts your physiology For example, immune system, and so how you can get mass contagion. So if you believe there's a mass hysteria and something's going on, you can actually develop rashes and actual physiological symptoms that you can't just think to yourself. Um, It was interesting, similarly like with fitness, and talking about how your expectations about fitness impact how your physiology actually reacts to training. And so people normally call them sort of exercise responders. So if someone's sort of hyper adaptive, so someone might just have one training session and get huge benefits from it, whereas someone else might do the exact same training session and only improve a little bit. And of course, there's a lot of sort of recovery actual recovery lifestyle factors that go into it. But similarly, your belief system about fitness and if you say you are a an adapter versus you tell yourself no fitness isn't for me I'm not that kind of person then your physiology ends up sort of following that belief system and it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy and just how that sort of carries over with nutrition, the immune system, fitness I think the last chapter I was listening, reading, reading, uh, he was talking <laughs> about even, even nutrient absorption and how if you are told, and marketing tools, so if you are told something is nutritious, hearty, filling, even just using buzzwords like that, people will note that they feel fuller for longer. Whereas then if you use things like Skinnylicious, Healthy, I can't think of any other crappy restrictive words, but sort of restrictive marketing to make something see fat-free, 5% fat. People feel fuller for less less time, even though they match the calories. Um, And again, there's lots of other factors that go into it, but it just seems to be sort of across the board of your mindset can impact a lot of actual physiological adaptations and then just how that can impact your fitness training over the long term, and why it's important to sort of have a positive mindset about fitness, work with a group of people who you like. There's a positive emotional context to fitness rather than, like we were saying about a diet, a 12 week, 12 week, hate yourself fitness program. And then at the end of it, you get nothing actually out of it. Um, <clears throat> So, like, I was mentioning to Rich, and then Simon and Dan was in, and just talking about endurance events, and how... Good name drop. If you believe... <laughs> hey, our friend. Recommend us. <coughs> if you believe you can push your body to the limits, and you believe in yourself for an endurance event, then your physiology will match that. If you sort of tell yourself, oh, I can't do this, I haven't prepared myself well, your physiology matches that, and you feel crap on the day. Um, and then that sort of also mimics just how performance of elite athletes even though they might be in their peak physiological sort of readiness for an event something might catch them advertising a billboard they see someone might message a, a sad message and then that just changes their mindset and then all of a sudden four years of training for an Olympic event might be out the window and just how the importance of mindset actually affects everything not just oh believe it and it will happen mm. the actual physiological response to your expectations and your belief systems about everything fitness health etc
1: that's interesting what's the book's name
2: the, the expectation button. effect okay i
1: cue that up. you
0: can give it to Josh after you finished flicking
2: through the pages (laughs) oh wait I'll just pull out all those bookmarks (coughs) leaving (laughs) all those fascinating chapters (laughs) folded the pages so I'll just
0: fold those back over yeah that's an interesting one isn't it I think I suppose as well with some uh, fitness events and goals and things like that there might be a little bit of chicken and egg of experiencing some level of success and that's what I talk about a lot with training. I think training's like pretty much 100%, 100% physical and 100% mental at the same time. It's like, oh, I did that last time and my body coped with it, and then you can do it again. But then, yeah, I think you're right in the... Especially if you look at elite athletes, there's an awful lot of people with... You can't quite put your finger on what's separating them from the rest, and even in terms of physiology, there's not necessarily something that's separating from the rest, but the mental side seems to seems to be a big part of it.
2: David Goggins, as we've mentioned. Yeah, it was really interesting.
0: Um, We're like a lot of, like James Cracknell, similar. Yeah. A lot of people have said his ability to push himself. Alistair Brownlee's very similar. A lot of people have talked about him. He, interestingly, like completely um, thinks, as I think, I don't think I'm misquoting, but I remember he- hearing him in an interview talk about sports psychology and stuff. And They said, "Oh, do you ever work with a sports psychologist?" He says, "No, it's absolute nonsense. And there's, <laughs> there's no, and no one's going to help me by sitting on a couch and telling me this and telling me that." Um, but he's a lot of people quote him as someone that can push himself far beyond regular people. Doesn't have that level of, doesn't have that um, those off switches that most other people do. Even among elite athletes, he's he's slightly separated from the rest or seems to be on a mental state which is quite interesting.
1: Is his brother similar?
0: No, not, the, not that I know of. Not that.
1: So kind of similar in terms of physical but? Uh,
0: they're slightly different physically, yeah. Right. Um, slightly different events and things like that. Um, but yeah as far as in it, well the ones I know of are like him and James Cracknell and people that people always reference for sure. Mm. Um, But yeah, it was uh, was an interesting one. I think we are talking about it as well in bringing it back to like everyday fitness of like when you start something and you dip your toe in the water of something, your expectation can be really capped by what you know of it. And so if you've got a really, like we say a lot of the time, like a little bit of information or a little bit of understanding is dangerous. And if you understand a little bit of a certain environment, say for example being in the gym and your only exposure to it is people that you see in the gym day to day and you don't know that Eddie Hall deadlifts x amount and or there's loads of other people doing other stuff then your ceiling's kind of capped a little bit mm. and so you will work within those parameters similar like we've talked about it when we've done say intervals in here on the bike or the ski erg and things and everything's like under a minute And then suddenly you give someone three minutes or four minutes. They're like, oh my God, that's completely impossible. How do I ever go about doing that? You're
1: the worst
2: person. Yeah. How could you?
0: Whereas just their expectation the whole time is you go on the ski for a minute and that's it. Yeah. For example. Um, And similar with people running is like, there's a, uh, I can't remember the name of the book. Born to Run, I think it is, Christopher McDougall. Uh, He goes and goes with the Tarahumara, a tribe in Mexico, and um, they they track them for a while. They're unbelievable endurance athletes, and they have no concept of how far they're running. No one's ever told them a 5k, a 10k, half marathon, marathon. They're just running from like one town to the next, and it's like 30 miles away or something like that, and. When, pe- when they like stop them and look at times and say it, it's kind of pretty unbelievable. But again, they have no context to that. So they don't mm-hmm. think, oh, a marathon's a long way to run. No. They just think I've got to get from A to B. They're
2: not limited in any kind of belief system.
0: Yeah, yeah. You see it so often, don't you, like run events and stuff and people get to the end and sprint the last bit or collapse over the line, same sort of thing. Whereas, you know, if you move that finish line another mile down the road, most of them would probably still get there, yeah. but they still collapse over the line when they finish because it's that expectation of this is the end point
2: as well. Yeah, because it, you sort of, it's like um, procrastination. If people need a time frame to motivate themselves to finish a, a deadline for something, mm. and it's sort of, <clears throat> if you give yourself 12 weeks to do something, it will take a day, you'll take 12 weeks. Yeah. And so I think it's similar, similar with that and how, so in the book he sort of talks about it's, it's, it's also a very non-conscious, how the body holds on and sort of holds on for survival. So because the, the brain and the sort of non-conscious brain is very survival based, as soon as you know something, it can adapt your energy output based on previous training to hit that end point and be done. Mm-hmm. And like Rich said, if they were to then say, if a marathon was 28 miles, people would do similar-ish training, but then because they know it, they might hit the wall at a bit later time, have the same similar amount of struggle towards the end. It's just perceptive. Um, Similarly like with, if you've ever gone on holiday and you know you have to wake up early, all of a sudden your brain naturally wakes you up before your alarm, because non-consciously you know something that you are quite emotional about. I don't want to be late for a holiday. So even if your alarm was to not go off, except in home alone, um, (laughs) then you naturally wake up. So there's some sort of non-conscious mediator managing your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, energy systems, immune system, even IQ. He sort of has a chapter on intelligence and how your sort of teachers and your school peers can impact your intelligence and if you hang out with people who don't really try or believe in trying and being intelligent and working hard then you can match that you sort Mm -hmm. of match their output but again lots of factors impacting that like not paying attention in class not doing homework etc but just how it can impact how you think and then similarly he talks about Sort of motivation and willpower because i think this study came out a while ago uh, but just talking about when people would talk about finite willpower and decision fatigue and how people would just wear the same clothes to limit useless decisions that they need to make in a day um, but then it seems if you believe you have a finite willpower the effects come true if you don't believe you have finite willpower you can continue making decisions all day, then that sort of decision fatigue doesn't seem to kick in. So again, your belief system about something can actually impact everything, physiology, how your brain works, how you see things. Um, So I find it very interesting.
0: Yeah, that's really good.
2: Even about the non-conscious stuff, so it's not stuff that you can sort of fake. Like with your immune system, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm feeling more tired. Mm. Yeah. Whereas it's actually creating rashes.
0: Physiological response.
2: That yeah. your immune system believes you've got something that you don't. It's sort of the placebo effect um, and how that can be used for good and bad. Mm. Similarly, for example, just with us and rep ranges, you tell someone, yeah. oh, we're going to do yeah. three. And all of a sudden, three reps are difficult. It's max. And yeah. then the next set, you're like, oh, this time we're going to do 5 They're like, but I could only just about do three. Mm. And then when they know they've got five, all of a sudden they can do five. So again, it's that uh, sort of stress management in a way of just managing someone's expectations about how tough a set will be. And the brain will always sort of conserve energy to finish doing some sort of task. And so whether that's manipulated for better or for worse. Uh Some Mm -hmm. people like to know how many reps they're doing or else they don't even start a set. I need to know. Yeah. so I can prepare myself. Mm. Whereas other times people can start and then they're fine just carrying on until I say two more reps, three more reps. I used to have a client like that who wouldn't like,
0: he didn't want anything to change when we started a workout in a set. So he wanted the whole thing laid out of him at the beginning of the session of like, we're doing four sets of this at this weight, the weight won't change, the reps won't change, the sets won't change at all throughout. And if you tried to tweak anything, it absolutely threw him. Really? him. Um, And then I remember hearing Johnny Wilkinson talk about it and he always said he was very much like, I just wanted to know the next step in front of me. He's like, I didn't want to know anything about the workout, didn't want to know the session because then I can just go as hard as I can within that. And I guess that's trying to overcome that sort of limiting, you're doing X. Like if you go into a session and say to someone, you know, are we going to do a K test on the bike at the end, everyone's going to hold back throughout the whole session rather than just working through and then like, okay, we're doing this at the end. So Surprise K. Okay. Yeah, exactly. No one's got the ability to hold it back so much. So yeah, I guess there's what. it's easier if you've got someone coaching external to overcome that, I think, than it is internal because you always, like you, like David said, even if it's subconsciously, non-consciously or consciously, like you always kind of know, don't you? If you know there's a certain workout or something like that to do around training for people. I guess it's quite an interesting one as well. Like you said, we talked about that the other day about finding your weight on a set, for example, of if, if you've been lifting X weight in the gym for a certain amount of time on one of those sets, just throw the rep range out the window and just go to a technical failure and see how many reps you get. And quite often you'll find people have been lifting a certain weight for a few weeks they go to a technical failure before technique breaks down mm. and they're lifting like double the amount of reps or something that they were previously. Or the classic is you go into a gym and someone else is using the weight you're using, you're like, oh, I guess I'll have to use one up from that or whatever yeah. it might be. And then you end up lifting a little bit more. Ugh,
2: oh, don't want to unrack the bar, I'll just lift this. Yeah, Sorry. I'll just do this. It shows chosen
0: my weight forming, fine. <laughs> I'll just work out with that one. Yeah, it was a, it's an interesting one. I do think there's a lot of scope for that, especially as you get into endurance stuff, because I think you just have to, there's just longer to think about it, isn't there, basically? Mm-hmm. Like the longer the event goes on, there's more stuff to think about, more things that can influence it. Um, so that definitely has an effect, like we were talking about with Dan the other day. Yeah. I think if someone says you're running X amount of time, um, then you're kind of a bit prepped and prepared for that. Um And yeah, your body also knows, even if you just think you're thinking about it, your body's making physiological reactions to, to deal with that and to work towards that, I suppose. Because he
2: also just describes the brain as a predictive machine. And so the more wide range knowledge, theory, experience, practice, wisdom, whatever you want to call it, uh, all sort of goes into that predictive machine as well as your training. So previous events, previous events, if you've say for example, had good marathon times and then you've done three marathons and all they were hot. So you've done three hot marathons. If those times were less <clears throat> in the future, if you were to do a hot marathon, you'd build that relationship of, oh, it's hot. So I'm gonna yeah. run slower. And yeah. so your time would be slower. Whereas if say you don't pick up that belief system, people can run through and perform differently in sort of heat, different cold temperatures, weather. Mm -hmm. So again, it's all, that's why it's just, I find it interesting that it's important to manage, constantly manage your mindset and what you're absorbing both positively and negatively. I think it's like you were saying, Rich, if you give up, that's why you haven't sort of given up a race. If you give up once, you know you can give up. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, when things get tough, your, whatever part of your brain starts just sending signals saying, this would be a really good time to give up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You should stop now. Oh, my calves hurt.
0: That's what I think with fitness as well. Like, it's easy, (laughs) um, it's, that's why I think it's super important you're not setting unrealistic goals and processes when you're setting something up, because if you set something too strict, and then you fail on it once, it makes it easier and easier to fail on it again. And I don't mean like fail in the sense of some failure's good of you go to do something and you don't quite make it. Like you go to lift a weight and you don't quite make it. I don't class that the same as like just giving up or just not doing it. That's a like failure of pushing yourself to that level. But once you pull out of something, stop something, don't do something for the first time, it's just it opens up that channel I think in your brain to go oh, I got to this point last time and I gave up it's an easy exit stage right sort of thing yeah obviously there's going to be things injuries and stuff like that that play an in effect injuries that play in effect Tilly barking at Arla
2: <laughs> I would say the good thing though is I'm assuming but I'm pretty sure it can be turned around so if you've had that negative belief system and you've given up once and you start having those signals to say oh just give up and it makes it easier Mm -hmm. yeah I can imagine the reverse snowball effect is also true if you're able to break it through once yeah you then build that belief system that oh next time something is tough maybe I can do this maybe I Mm -mm. as a person as a character whatever you want to call it can push myself get through things I thought was tough Um, so it works both ways rather than just sort of if you ever give up once, just, just stop, just yeah. <laughs> I so think You can work it, it both ways.
0: I think in here, I'll say it to people a lot, when, especially when you're doing harder stuff in here or longer duration stuff in here, is like concentrating really hard. It sounds stupid because you're fitness and you want to, it's like, oh yeah, I should just be able to go in gym or whatever. But I think if you let your head and your brain and your mind wander too much, like sometimes distraction can be good, but if you're doing, say, like we talked about that kilometer on the bike and you start to think too universally of "Oh, my breathing's struggling, my legs are hurting, I'm looking out the window, I'll just stop now. Yeah. Rather than really focusing in, dialing in and concentrating and going, okay, I'm breathing a bit hard, that's fine, that's manageable, my legs are hurting, but manageable again. And you can work through a process like that. That's kind of what helps me anyway, is breaking it down a little bit. Of thinking rather than just like, oh, this is tough. It's like, okay, well, what's actually tough? Like what bit of this is hard? And then if you're thinking this hurts or, you know, if this hurts because of an injury, then maybe it is time to back off a little bit. But if you're going, oh, this hurts because my legs are burning, it's like, okay, well, that's manageable. Yeah. Like your body is gonna tell you to shut off long before anything drastic mm-hmm. happens anyway. Um, similarly, I'm breathing really heavy. My heart rate's really high, okay. Well, your heart rate should be high, you're working hard, and then you can kind of compartmentalize a lot of that stuff and that I think for me anyway, yeah, concentrating and focusing really hard helps uh allow you to move beyond that a little bit. Is there anything you guys use
2: well, that's why I also think uh previous training again comes into that predictive machine of if you know you've done it before, yeah and it feels tough you can sort of self-talk your way through to say I've done this before it's tougher today because of I don't know I didn't sleep as well or whatever have you Um, but I can do it I know I've done it in training and then that can also just help push through so that's where I think sort of having a bit of just awareness around your training what you've done um, and using that to sort of reframe things when things are tough because even one of the so one of the chapters on sleep and how your belief about sleep can actually be have more of an importance to your fatigue and energy levels than the actual sleep you've had. Well, so if mm-hmm. someone has a belief system that is, if I don't sleep very well, I'm a terrible person, I can't function.
0: Yeah.
2: Then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You sort of perceive that as well, I'm going to have a tough day, so you sort of have a tough day. Whereas if you have a different belief system and you know that one day, two days, even three days, sort of poor sleep is going to make you a bit more tired, but it's not actually going to drain you to be dead for the rest of the day. You know that you'll be tired enough that you'll re-catch up on sleep eventually. Mm -hmm. So it's more that belief system about how you are without sleep is more important than the actual sleep you get that's really interesting yeah which I found interesting because again I think I was mentioning about so in fitness the perception of how hard you're working they just did a test of giving people the exact same challenge on different days but then they would skewer the the little monitor so like when you've been on the bike or the skier yeah, yeah. Uh, tracking your meters if you change the the sort of tracking of that and say change the meters gone, so you actually have it either slower or faster, you can hit 100 meters, but actually it shows you that you've done 150. You'll have sort of similar fatigue levels as if you, it said you did 100, but you actually did 80. Right. So your sort of brain picks up on the information and then matches the output and huh. the perception of that output rather than if you didn't look at the screen and you just went as hard as you can for whatever you think 100 metres is and someone says stop, the the actual feedback system you get impacts how tired you are rather than your actual fitness level. So again, belief system, if you believe you're tired and you come in and you've got three times 30 seconds on the bike in a class (laughs) and it can seem harder than it actually is, yeah. Um yeah. So I just found it again, belief systems are more objectively important than the woo-woo-ness they get.
0: The one the one around the sleep is yeah. really interesting. I remember listening to someone in the past talk about um getting up in the morning and like watching cartoons or watching something funny first thing in the morning. Especially if you're like tired, fatigued, or you've got a tough day before you do before you do anything, like open an email, open your messages or whatever, because you're then immediately in a better state of mind, frame of mind, because yeah. you've been laughing at something, you've been entertained before you open up some email of someone complaining or something you've got to do or whatever it might be, that you wake up in that state, and rather than going, oh, I'm a bit tired, you get up and do something that you enjoy first, and that can really help. The sleep one's really interesting because I think there's an awful lot of that. We talked about it a bit on that podcast when we talked about being busy and people saying, oh, I'm really busy and then it becomes more and more of a self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh, I'm doing this or... Can't do
1: anything else.
0: Yeah, I've just got, I've got this on, I've got this on and it's constant and then it just becomes in your brain, oh, yeah, I'm really busy because I've told loads of people I'm busy and I keep mm-hmm. saying I'm busy and in actual fact, you again, similar to that, compartmentalizing the what's what's hurting or what's fatigued. If you actually go through it and go, okay, I've got that thing there and that thing there, but there's loads of space in, betime, in between, or I've got this in the evening, or whatever it might be. Actually thinking about it a bit more in depth.
2: Because even I think in, I think it's Matthew Walker's <clears throat> book, Why We Sleep, oh, he just heard. mentions. Just <laughs> another book, one book on the bookshelf. <laughs> Uh, he sort of mentions, you know, you, you, your perception of how tired you are changes over time. So the more sleep deprived you are, you just naturally normalize being more tired. Yeah. That becomes your new normal. Yeah. So then you would need an even worse night's sleep to feel more tired. Yeah. Whereas then similarly, when you sleep well and you feel good, that becomes your normal energy levels. So again, it's it's just managing objective sleep versus perception of sleep and just being aware that because even another name drop dr andy galpin (laughs) the way he says he'll sort of purposefully sleep deprive himself a bit just to re-perceive how it feels to be tired and still be able to achieve stuff so that on normal days when he (laughs) sleeps well and feels a bit tired he's like this isn't tired <laughs> I'm actually okay. They
0: talk about the bit that bit uh, that with hunger and nutrition, don't they, like when people are dieting, like that it's actually not the worst thing in the world to feel hungry, and the difference between mm-hmm. feeling just a little bit of you know bored hunger, or "I usually eat at this time, so I'm a bit hungry, and this meal's been put back half an hour or an hour versus like actual starvation, hunger, sort of thing. I'm not saying that someone needs to push themselves to levels of starvation, but necessarily that hunger as a trigger is not the worst thing in the world to be feeling sometimes. And having a relationship with that and not just constantly avoiding ever feeling hungry. Um,
2: Because that was one of the biggest uh, struggles I had with a previous client who wanted to lose weight. They actually had a fear of being hungry. And so they were always planning their day so that they were never without food they would always have snacks even if it was a unhealthy snack because the fear of being hungry over overpowered their desire to lose weight I see um and so especially as they were in shows and things they would always have to make sure that they'd had a big meal beforehand just in case they got tired during the show in shows, name drop it was Tom Hardy <laughs> <laughs> when I
0: worked in London. we like, <laughs> <Best clears throat> yeah, yeah, people say, Oh, I was so hungry, I felt sick, and all that kind of stuff, don't they? I, I don't
2: know, maybe that is a Well, so again, it's like response he was saying, around it. if you do truly believe it, your physiology will matter. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you might start Body releasing followers. more ghrelin and starting sending more hunger signals, etc., mm. yeah, um, but then that's why it's the chicken and the egg like you say Of, <clears throat> would you change the objective reality of how you eat mm-hmm. or do you also simultaneously work on your mindset to help ease the struggle with the objective reality in dieting I mean obviously the answer is both But, <laughs> but just to sort of emphasise the importance of sort of us as coaches and you know working with you as people rather than eating machines and yeah sort of listening to what food you like how you like to eat and your belief systems and then managing things around that and it's like a the perfect fitness or nutrition plan on the left you on the right and then the right plan for you somewhere in the middle not just telling you eat this amount of protein this amount of vegetables have these foods these grains these things go and be on your way yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah. If you can do it, perfect. But if you can't, then it's somewhere in between of picking one or two things to, to slowly build over time and then just slowly building skills, habits, changing. Because over time, if you do small enough steps, like Rich was saying, it will be your belief system can change over time. If you completely tick off enough boxes, small little steps forward, you start to believe in the bigger picture. Yeah. I can imagine it's just like a jigsaw puzzle. Where at the beginning you might not see the big picture, but if you keep putting enough—love
1: metaphor—putting enough, love a metaphor, putting enough <laughs> jigsaw
2: pieces down, you start to see the big picture. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, now I can do this. One million piece jigsaw. We've we'll mm. got to find the edges. Corner pieces first. Corner pieces.
1: Yeah. Then did clients. a couple of
2: jigsaws over Christmas. Love a jigsaw. Yeah. What's one a
0: Harry Potter one one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Loser. It's one of those ones <laughs> where Tom you don't have office. the picture of the thing. You don't have the picture on the box. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Like so it's, it's like the the picture that you're trying to get is the view from someone in the picture. Ooh,
1: nifty. Yeah. So you don't to get the actual wear. picture. Da
0: Vinci. Da Vinci yeah. Now, I think, like, takeaways from a lot of what we've talked about, I guess it's difficult, but being conscious of as much of that stuff as possible can be helpful and questioning am i putting x belief on myself or is it being pushed upon me by someone i'm spending time with or whatever it might be the environment i'm in
2: negative self-chat
0: yeah and sometimes that's difficult to change (laughs) sometimes that's difficult to change for people um oh, yeah, you I'm know the environment you're, you're in yeah the environment <laughs> yeah. the environment you're in or something like that yeah it's all good in practice but <laughs> good luck with that we'll Just see you next week a science lab yeah. you're fine <laughs> yeah um but it is interesting being knowing that and i think when it comes to fitness and goals like we said about not setting things too lofty to start out with to make sure they're achievable and building that momentum more than motivation or anything like that of ticking stuff on and completing stuff and yes there's going to be times where you need to push to a point of failure with things um, be that in the gym or outside or whatever it might be Um, and then being conscious of that sort of limiting belief that potentially you're putting upon yourself Um, I think there it's really handy to speak to someone externally uh, because it can be difficult to do that just on your own isn't it but actually speaking to someone externally of realistically what are my goals, what can I get to, where can I get to what is achievable, what's out there, what could I do because if you don't know about something then there's no way you're going to do it Um, so potentially reaching out to someone externally I think looking through that
2: similarly that's why like we were mentioning about pet peeves about social media if you always have your social media creator to just see the highest end and best Mm -hmm. performers your expectation effect is going to be well i'm useless because i'm not yeah 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 whereas you can still run 100 meters in a relatively good time and progress that even if it's nothing like bolt but it's just everything impacts your sort of belief systems and that's like where people talk about you know toxic social circles toxic (laughs) social media everything's toxic um (laughs) but just being aware of anything that negatively impacts you can have a long-term effect rather than just assuming oh no it's fine i can manage yeah my social media that makes me angry all the time um whereas it's just saying that that potentially could have a long-term impact on your actual physiology Um, and so it's just good to be aware of it and then also not just assume no I can get through it or if you've always got friends or family members always sort of saying negative things if they're an energy vampire that will have an impact on you if you hang around with them all the time I'm not saying again just it's like you have the precursor. Of everything. And I'm not saying just cut all your friends off yeah. and cut your family out of your life. <laughs> but but. <laughs> just be aware of it. Maybe think maybe about maybe, it. Maybe manage time <laughs> with shouldn't. it. Maybe if you, if you know something might be a negative experience, plan something nice afterwards to counteract it. It's just uh, understanding the importance of it all, rather than no, it'll be fine. I'm a yeah, human. Yeah. I can just think my way out of this. Yeah. Yeah. We never can. <laughs> otherwise we would all be our hashtag best versions of myself. I was going to say it's always that thing isn't it of
0: like oh the mind's the most powerful thing it's like yeah but how do I goddamn access yeah. it to do any of this stuff <laughs> it's like yeah you can push yourself to whatever limit it's like yeah but there's loads of other stuff in the way just put fire and Kiela's on the bar and think it off the floor <laughs> no
2: um, but yeah I mean I'd love to know what the Differences between a thought and a belief system in the brain. As in, what makes someone truly think something like they believe in religion versus someone being like, I'd like to believe in religion. Mm. Yeah. The actual sort of how it is different in the brain to make someone believe it rather than just think it and hope they can believe it. Yeah. How do you turn something into a belief? That I don't know.
0: Faith's interesting,
2: isn't it? Putting complete faith in something without evidence. I was like, do you have to just run it through, I guess, an emotional part of the brain? So that thought pattern runs through something emotional that, I don't know if there's a portion of the brain that's like self, I have no idea. But just how you sort of absorb things into your character, into your belief system, I have no idea of whether it's just time, repetition, strength of the emotion that goes with it. Like we mentioned before, if someone can just have a health scare and then all of a sudden overhaul their life yeah, like that. No yeah, thought, yeah. no yeah. nothing. I have no idea how you would manipulate that for the good. Lying to someone and being like, you're going to die soon. Yeah. <laughs> really? But yeah, like, yeah, just, <laughs> just kidding.
1: Just <laughs> kidding. Kind of go back to the procrastination point you made, though, isn't it? Like, if you've got, this is going to happen. If you don't sort this out, you will. Mm. Well, you don't always have to. Some people just... Carry
0: on. Yeah, I was going like
1: to... Some people yeah, I've known... Oh, a massive yeah, I mean, shock you, factor and then you got, nothing w- changes. Yeah, you've got lung cancer. Are you going to quit smoking? No, I'm going to die anyway. Mm.
2: Okay,
1: fine. Have a
2: good one. No, I love it. My smoking didn't cause it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There was
0: a... I saw a... I think it was on Twitter the other day, a Christopher Hitchens quote, and he was saying about the difference between dogs and cats, and I guess it's the same, same thing. You input same processes but something completely different comes out and then, if you give a dog and a cat shelter and food and warmth and things like that no, a dog comes out thinking that you're god and a cat comes out thinking they're god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was his quote i can confirm that is true. <laughs> um and yeah the, the exact same like set of circumstances comes out completely differently the other way <laughs> the
1: other day talking about cats Coco got off the side and stole a meatball off, off my thing thinks it's God exactly
2: yeah your food I think it's my food I'm just letting you eat it exactly yeah if I want a meatball. also, also you, you could introduce it to a gorilla because I also
0: learned out on social media the other day that <laughs> a gorilla can deadlift 1800 pounds and can crush a crocodile skull with its hands so you could introduce Coco to a gorilla. <laughs>
2: Whatever do you mean? My third thing that I learned on social media. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, let me tell you more. more Coco things. versus the gorilla. But after today we know Coco just has yeah. to believe they can beat a gorilla. Yeah. And they'll be fine. will <laughs> <They'll> be fine. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Did you know that Humpty Dumpty is not an egg?
1: Yeah, I learned that last oh, week on this the is radio. Oh, an actual thing. Yeah. Yeah, at, and has a stone.
0: It's never been an egg. It never says in the rhyme that he's an egg. It's just been illustrated like that. And he was sure drawn did. like that in um, Alice in Wonderland, through the looking glass the first time.
1: Mm.
0: It's actually believed to be some sort of propaganda around round heads and stuff back in the day. <laughs> yeah. And also the gingerbread man on Drury Lane. Not a gingerbread man either.
2: What? Now <laughs> I can't drop buns. Yeah. <laughs> They, You're a monster. This, this is where I spend my time <laughs> on social media. He's like this is how he wakes himself up in the morning with his positive Neg- social media yeah. reading. <laughs> reading about eggs Man, that so are. Oh, that's a good interesting thing about eggs. <laughs> I'm ready for my six AM class. Come on team. <laughs> that's what that's
0: my debrief on social media last week. <laughs> Those are the three things that I learned. We should do it like show and tell. <laughs> what did you learn on the fake internet today? <laughs> <On> social media. <laughs> I think uh, Tilly's barking. <laughs> Time to finish. She's had enough. Well,
2: she doesn't believe <laughs> you. Come to to room. <laughs> yeah. False. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's our fake news jingle. You need to put a misinformation <laughs> point on
2: this app.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See if we can learn anything about... The ukraine and or harry and Meghan on social media next week <laughs> <laughs> false info that we can bring to the podcast um yeah that's it from us It was quite an interesting chat i think me and josh learned quite a lot from david's reading anyway even if you guys <laughs> didn't i just ordered a book Well <laughs> oh, you didn't need to david could have lent it yeah, to that's you true. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's it's my phone making <laughs> making notes <laughs> Um, yeah, that is it from us. Any topics you want us to cover? Anything you see on social media? Anything that you want us to talk about? Then just let us know. What um, other nursery rhymes are fake? Yeah, or, uh, destroy my childhood. <laughs> Any more fake stuff that can get on there? That'd be <laughs> excellent. Robin Hood, real? <laughs> yeah, or is he actually was is he, he some Was he actually some Definitely sort of vigilante? And is that is that good for society? Yeah. Or do we need to leave it in the Is it morally arms of the okay Lord? to steal yeah. from the rich and give yeah. to the poor? But find out on next episode. <laughs> Was he just a conniving fox? <laughs> Excellent. That is everything from us and we will catch you next week. Cheers guys.